0: Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi, and thank you so much for listening in today and every Wednesday. I am so grateful for this little community we have formed here, and I hope that you continue to listen in and share the podcast with people who you think are interested. Let me tell you about who you will be hearing from today. Greg Karelitz is back in Boston and he is joining us as a happiness expert. He is someone who is obsessed about the science behind happiness. Greg heads up his own society on happiness. It's called Positive Vibes Only Society. His main goal is to create a community of people who are doing their best to focus on creating good habits in their lives that spread to them creating the lives that they actually want to live. Greg became obsessed with happiness because of the own trials that he faced in some dark times. So we talk about that as well as the science he loves to share about and his community that he has created. You will love this. Greg was so easy to talk to, and it's just fun to hear from a man here and there because we need their voices on, on this podcast for sure. So let's now turn the time over to Greg. Hi, I'm here with Greg Karelitz. Hi, Greg.
1: Hey, Monica. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks for helping me practice your name as we got started. And I would love if you could start with introducing yourself to our listeners.
1: Absolutely. So, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Greg. I think the best way maybe to describe myself is um, I always start by saying I'm the youngest of three brothers. So, I, yeah. I have two older brothers, Brad and Jonathan, and... Um, They actually now both have kids, which is pretty cool. So I'm I'm a proud uncle of two, or I guess, identical twin nieces, Julia and May, and uh, baby Zachary, which is my middle brother's brand new son, who is just two months old now. So fun. uh, Yeah, I've always been the little bro, and uh, I love that spot. So I I love to introduce myself that way, because they've helped shape me to who I am today.
0: Yeah. And and so where are you calling um, from? Where do you live?
1: So I live in Boston.
0: Born and raised in Boston then, huh?
1: That's right. So grew up a couple minutes outside the city and uh, went to school in Boston and now living right in the middle of the city. So I've been a 30-minute guy my whole life. I grew up 30 minutes from where I live now and went to school 30 minutes from where I grew up. So um, that's been me for a long time.
0: That's so great. So I know that you have um, some a passion with happiness, but I know you also have a day job. Right. So can you tell us about your day job and then we'll go into more of your passion project that you are involved with?
1: Absolutely. So for the last four, a little over four years, I've been working at a marketing and sales software company here in Boston called HubSpot. And um, it's, it's now a global company, so there's a couple different offices around the world. And I was starting off in sales and I had studied computer science in school and now work in building partnerships, so more of a business development role. And uh, in all honesty, I, I actually never imagined I'd be at one company for as long as I have been now, um, but I've been super to have great mentors and learning opportunities. And uh, it feels like every 16 to 18 months... Um, there's a, a somehow a new role that opens up that I'm super fortunate to be put into. And um, it's just been an awesome learning experience for the last four, four years and change.
0: Well, that's really great to hear that. It's always nice to um, hear people talk about a job that they love, you know, it just seems so rare to find nowadays. Um, so it's, it's clear that you love what you do. And on the side, you know, tell us what you're up to, because it's pretty incredible. <laughs> and that's what you're here for.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so, I've been working on a company uh, for the last year or so called Positive Vibes Only Society. And so, uh, and, and hopefully, we'll get into this, but in, in my past experiences, uh, I've been in some pretty dark times. And now, being on the other side of those dark times, it, it actually led me to doing some research into what actually creates happiness and positivity. And so with Positive Vibes Only Society, my mission is to help spread positivity. And I've created a, a product called the HEX, which is a necklace. Um, and the hexagon actually has a symbol um, that I'm having represent positivity as the molecules in our bodies that actually create happiness are dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And all of them molecularly have a hexagon structure in them. So I've been working on this. Company for about a year, and um, my whole mission with it is to just help people go with the flow and live more positively.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so the hex—I uh, don't know—I just love that you applied this um, science and research behind it, but you, you said it also has some personal meaning to you as well. That symbol,
1: it does, yeah. So uh, going, and maybe I can just jump right yeah, into. Yeah, tell us about that. Cool. So. Back in college, my sophomore year of college, I actually had double hip surgery. Um, I used to be a wrestler and um, then actually coached for a few years as well. But uh, what, what happened was I had torn both of uh, the labrums in my hips. And so I had to go undergo the surgeries, which put me out of commission from doing any sort of exercise for about six months, which was my darkest time as uh, I became very stuck in my own head and Mm -hmm. uh, had to almost combat those negative thoughts. Um, But in doing so, I actually started to wear my necklace. And so I'm Jewish and I grew up Jewish and um, my aunts actually gave me a necklace um, for one of my birthdays. And so I started wearing the necklace as my shield of protection. And every time I felt anxious or nervous or didn't want to face – the fear or go even to class some days, um, I'd actually just grab the necklace and just remind myself that everything is okay and that I'm in complete control. So fast forwarding to where I am today and a year ago from from now, um, I've been doing a lot of research into happiness and what actually creates positivity in our lives. And there's a lot of different ways to be happy and a lot of different ways to be positive and for each person um, it is very different, whether it's going hiking or being active or being with your family or friends. But uh, I started doing research into what our bodies produce when we are happy and when we are positive. And it's those four molecules that I had mentioned before, the dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And I said, holy moly, there's got to be something here. And so I started researching a little bit deeper into all of these molecules. And it led me into the uh, the shapes of them. I started to research what the compositions were and how they're created and how they're released and what does more of them, and ultimately uh, breaking it down to its simplest form as the molecules, uh, I then realized that all of them have a hexagonal structure. And when looking at the Star of David, actually, on the inside of it is a hexagon. But
0: I love that. I love that connection.
1: Well, it it kind of blew my own mind at the time. Uh, And I, I feel like life and the world actually works in very mysterious ways where things are meant to happen when you're in the right place at the right time, when you have the right outlook. Mm. So, um, even though I identify as Jewish and I, you know, I'm very proud to be that as well. Um, I also wanted to create a symbol that I could spread with other people and create some sort of community around it. And so breaking it down into the hex, uh, felt like that way to do it for me Mm -hmm. as it's a wearable reminder to live positively. And so now I'm wearing my hex every single day. And every time I get that little bit of anxiousness, as most of us do, uh, I I touch it. And it's my reminder uh, that everything is okay, that I'm in control and that I am where I need to be.
0: And you know what I loved? We, you know, we talked. Uh, I don't even know how long ago we talked. First, we had this, you know, first discussion, and you told me that it's not so much you're interested in selling this necklace as a, as you are in creating a community of people who really um, are trying to focus on positivity and and creating this agency within themselves that they they can choose the path to happiness even when faced with a lot of failure. So, what what do you have to say about that in this community?
1: Yeah, and it's it's not by chance that we're actually speaking uh, today, which, which is also mind-blowing in a way. Um, on Instagram, I started following a lot of people that were doing a lot of happiness posts and the science of it, and I got connected to Andy Proctor, who was on your show mm-hmm. uh, a few episodes ago. And so, me being me, I reached out to him, I said, dude, I love what you're doing, I would love to pick your brain and learn about your story, and he opened up to me and shared his story, and I opened up to him and shared my story. And uh, immediately we had some sort of friendship connection without ever even being Mm face-to-face. From there, Andy then said, hey, Greg, you have to meet Monica because she's all about progress and all about positivity and happiness and becoming better. Um, And that's what this community, I think, Mm -hmm. is actually all about, is when you open up and you get to share your experiences, become vulnerable, and also learn about other people, it creates this rapport and commonality and this special bond, which actually goes directly back to, uh, one of the molecules in the hex that builds this friendship, this kinship that, uh, is so powerful. And and I have actually one more story to that too, which, uh, so, um, for work working at HubSpot, I, I, recently traveled to Berlin for one of the startup conferences and got to meet a bunch of my partners out there. And on the trip back when I'm walking in the lines, which are super efficient being in Berlin uh, with my colleagues, I'm waiting in line going through like a a zigzagging lane to get into the terminal to jump onto the plane. And as I turn one corner to make a quick left to start walking back, uh, I look out of the corner of my eye and I see a girl wearing a necklace and it's a serotonin molecule necklace. And so I interrupt her and I said, excuse me, is that a serotonin necklace? (laughs) And she actually just started breaking out in laughter. And uh, I go, I go, why why are you laughing? And she goes, "Um, well, actually, my friends and I were walking through Berlin and I found this yesterday. And so I bought it. And my friends and I were asking each other how long it would take for somebody to identify what the necklace was. And they all thought it would take a year. They thought it would take a full year for somebody to identify it. And in a matter of a day, I saw it, reached out to her, and she and I talked for what was about an hour once we grabbed our seats in the terminal and became friends. So there is this crazy commonality that I think people shy away from and are fearful of in today's society um, because we walk with our heads down and walk fast and Mm -hmm. don't want to interact with people on a day-to-day basis. But I think when you shift that paradigm, amazing things actually happen. Um and you feel really good about it. I love that connection.
0: And there's something um I mean particularly powerful about having that connection with people. I mean at least at least even knowing that other people are facing similar struggles alone is powerful. But uniting in a in a front together, um, it's it really is special. Especially like you said, we're just so we're too busy we, to are, down.
1: we are too busy and I think that's where uh, – and, and I could tie this into another story that actually was a big turning point for me which uh, I'll share in uh, maybe in a, a minute or two. But um, my, my whole purpose of this obviously is positivity but the way to do that for me and what I hope other people can do as well is go with the flow. When you go with the flow and you live in the moment – Uh, Obviously, you have to plan for the future as well. But when you live in the moment and you go in the flow and you think that you are where you're supposed to be for a reason, everything seems to just get a lot easier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's not to mean, you know, you don't deal with frustration and and, and trials and, and really hard things. It's just a different outlook of dealing with them. I want to know more about how you learned this yourself. So can we go back a little bit to some of those dark times you faced when you were dealing with your hip surgeries, for instance, and you said you were just having really big struggles with negative thinking? What were those negative thoughts for you? What was coming up?
1: Yeah. And so I can give you a little bit of context around it. So I in college, sophomore year. Um, so I'm, what am I? 20 years old at that time. Um, after just having gotten my first surgery, I'm living in a room, uh, with six people Mm. for two rooms. So it's a forced triple. Um, and we all shared one bathroom and they're, they're good guys. We were friends. And, uh, I had just broken up with my girlfriend and she was still continuously coming by, which was a little bit of a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I could not get out of my own head and I could not think positively at all. So some of the thoughts that were running through my head were – let let me try to think really deeply about this. I didn't even want to go to class. I had no idea what was going to be on the other side of a door when I left it. I thought people would judge me and I felt super insecure in my own skin. I actually started to lose a lot of weight because I couldn't work out, which then led to me not eating a lot which then led to me not sleeping very well. And it was this crazy spiral of a cycle that was really hard. Hmm. And um, I think the scariest part about it was I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So you're going through this negative cycle and you just don't know that everything is going to be okay because it feels so hard when you're in it and you feel so heavy um, with a burden and you don't feel comfortable talking about it. Um, And a turning point for me, and this is actually where my whole personal mantra came from, was my sophomore year when I was going through this struggle of a time. Uh, One of my classes was called Pulse, which was half theology and half philosophy, and I had an amazing teacher, Mary Troxel. Hopefully I'll, I'll send this to her afterwards to tell her I'm giving her a shout out and thinking about her. Yeah. But uh, part of it was going to a school called Nativity Prep, which is a uh, middle school for inner-city students that gives them an opportunity to really uh, thrive. And so they go to school, they wear a coat and tie, uh, they have fantastic teachers, they have sports. Um, and then part of this Pulse class was a group of uh, Boston College students would go into Nativity Prep twice a week and sit down and tutor the students and get to eat dinner with them and play sports with them. And uh, I was tutoring Derek Chaco, and Derek was uh, good at math and we were walking through some of the problems together and he was really picking things up and he was a quiet guy. And then the table next to us was a student by the name of Isaiah and Isaiah at the and, and you almost rotate uh, tutors and students every every night. And that night Isaiah was being tutored by this older man, bald guy with glasses on who was probably sitting to my adjacent left over my left shoulder. So if I were to you know, maybe take a, a half turn with my neck to the left, I would see this man. And I, I don't know why my um, attention or my, my, um, my listening tuned in to what they were talking about. But the old bald man actually said to Isaiah, he goes, do you like it here? And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, do you like it at Nativity Prep? And Isaiah goes, no, nah, man. The school's just not for me. And the guy looks at him and goes, uh, Isaiah, can I give you just a quick piece of advice? And this is where my ears just like, like a dog, just went straight up. Mm-hmm. And um, Isaiah goes, sure. So the, the old bald man takes his glasses off, puts them down on the table and says, Isaiah, go with the flow. Don't fight it. Don't flee it. It builds character. Hmm. And that went straight over Isaiah's head right into my ear and got stuck (laughs) in my head. And I wrote it down in the notes to my iPhone. Yeah. And uh, in that mantra, and I'll explain what it means to me because hopefully it means something different for a lot of people. Uh, But go with the flow. Don't fight it. Don't flee it. It builds character. Go with the flow. be Be where you are. Don't fight it. You can't be somewhere else right now.
0: Hmm.
1: Don't don't flee it. It builds character. So when you live in the moment and you enjoy the moment and you're not feeling anxious about where you are, what you're doing and you feel like you're on the right path to whatever version of success you hope to achieve one day, it will build your character. So for me that was a huge turning point where I then realized that I'm in control. Yeah. And uh, I kind of grabbed that by the horns and said, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, Which was pretty cool. I don't know how or why that happened, but being in the moment that was supposed to happen to me. And Mm. I just I I gravitated towards it.
0: And, you know, we could speak on how we do this disservice to men in Our culture, too, of just, like you said, you didn't ever really share that you were facing some really hard mental battles. I've had several men on the show, too, who are just, I mean, like, by all accounts, stereotypical, very strong men, you know um, successful at what they do, athletic, smart, all of that. And they have faced that same challenge that you faced of going through some darker, uh, emotional, mental struggles and feeling like a huge part of how they struggled was, uh, the silence that they were surrounded in. And it seems like one of the things you've talked about is how connection can save us. So how did that also come into play with you getting out of this dark time um and maybe there was also another time in your life where that uh came into play that maybe you can talk about.
1: Yeah, so for me personally and I actually I I started to uh share how I was feeling with some of my friends. That's cool. And um one in particular was actually feeling exactly the same way, which was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and so his his name was Keith and I and maybe just quickly before I tell the story, I I remember the first day I went on my first run after the surgeries, and it was I think either late April or early May, and winter here in Boston is pretty terrible. So I, uh, as soon as it cleared up, I was and I felt good enough to run. I, I laced the shoes up and went for it, and I was actually yelling at myself the whole entire time, saying "Keep going, keep going, keep going," and yeah. people probably thought I was crazy. <laughs> um, but but my buddy Keith was um, in a very similar situation for a very different reason. He he had been on the Boston College football team. And he experienced uh, upwards of five or six concussions and couldn't play football anymore. And he, he, was, a, he was an offensive lineman. So at his peak, his weight was about 320 pounds. He was a highly recruited D1 athlete. And then he basically had to re-identify with himself to say, who the heck am I? So he started working out a lot. He got down to 235 and was jacked. And so mm-hmm. I started working out with him. And I started going on runs with him. And uh, on one of our runs, I said to him, I'm like, dude, you don't know how helpful these runs and these workouts are for me. It makes me feel like I'm back to being myself. And he goes, what do you mean? And I started sharing with him around the surgeries and where my mind's been at and some of the struggles that I've been facing. And he goes, I'm actually in a very similar situation. Mm -hmm. That was a very comforting moment for me because I, I found a buddy that I could trust sharing the experiences with and kind of what was going through my head, who was actually going through something very similar. So in a peer, I actually found a mentor. Yeah. And then I also had other mentors that I could go to and start opening up and sharing my feelings with because I knew something was wrong. Um, and I think that's so powerful. You have to find a network of peers or mentors that you're comfortable sharing uh, what's going on in your life, and it's not easy. And today I have it in my my boss at HubSpot. She is one of the coolest, strongest, most influential people that – wholeheartedly genuinely cares about my personal growth oh, and man. i open up to her and share with her what i'm thinking and uh, i'll always have her as a mentor and as uh, a great best friend and um you know she has her own battles too but um you have to have a network that you are confident in going to to share how you're feeling because it's very important to have them uh, help guide you through it just as, as somebody listening
0: I mean amen to all of that you know another common thread I'm seeing is a uh, disappointment you were facing some big disappointments at that time I mean clearly you are a highly productive person a go-getter and you faced some big disappointments that set you back as did your friend there and what I what I like about this though is with your go with the flow moment you learned how to look at it more as an opportunity instead of just a disappointment and I'm wondering how you turned that whole thing into the opportunity it is now. Like what brought you to the place where you were then ready to create what you are now doing?
1: Yeah. So I've always had crazy ambitious goals. Um, Personally, so in high school when I was wrestling, I, I was super fortunate to have success at a at a national level. Um, wow! And identified in high school as the wrestler woodworker dude, where oh, I yeah. loved.
0: Okay, you love both. Yeah, huh? I,
1: I love both. So that was my identity. I loved wrestling and I loved building things. And then in college, when I didn't know what I wanted to study, uh, I, I gravitated towards computer science because it was the digital way of actually building things oh, yeah. so I still identified as a builder um and then in in today's I guess context of where I'm at now um I'm identifying or at least I'm telling myself this that I'm that positive nerd I absolutely oh. indulge in websites I love websites and I love positivity so I tried to blend two of my passions together um and I, I make sacrifices, whether it's not going out to see friends sometimes or I don't watch Game of Thrones on Sunday, which doesn't seem that crazy. But I get an hour back in my day to focus on what I want to focus on. Yeah. And um, I, I try very carefully to say yes to the things that are along my values and mission and no to the things that fall outside the confines of those.
0: Hmm. So this is bringing up a question for me. How can you go with the flow and still be such a focused person and still working towards improvement and progress? Like how do those two work together?
1: Yeah. And so I'm reading a book called The Power of Now. So what The Power of Now says is the only moment that matters is this moment, literally right this second. And uh, I'll explain what that means to me. The past has already happened. So I can't change what's already happened. And I have to be okay with that. Um, and the future is what I hope to get one day. And so what I've done is I've written down my goals. And I have three different types of goals. I have short-term goals, medium-term goals, and long-term goals. And because I now know what the future holds for me or what I hope to accomplish, what all that matters is what I'm doing today and if it's on the right course. So yeah. – Speaking with speaking with you and getting to hopefully share my story I hope helps other people feel more positive that's my mission so I get to say yes to this and this is exactly what I want to be doing at this moment however that also doesn't mean that the struggle is not important the struggle is very important you actually only create strength from resistance and so when racking your head around the obstacles that are really hard to solve is when you start to really understand your true character. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that is that is so hard for me, but I keep reminding myself that that's what matters, and I'm doing everything that I want to do at the moment that will hopefully help me achieve those future short-term, middle-term, and long-term goals one day, and I'm really happy where I'm at now.
0: Oh, that's just, again, where you're, you're creating an opportunity. Again, I I think that's so cool, Greg, that you're doing that. And and that's what you're trying to spread here. And and so you've talked about how you're passionate about happiness research and positivity. What is something that you have learned that you are loving and that you just wish everybody knew about happiness?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I I have one quick answer for that. And I could go a lot of different ways with this. But when studying these molecules... I found this, uh, this doctor, and I'm, I'm no doctor by any means, so any of the science that uh, I'm articulating is just from reading other people's research, so I have to give them all of the credit in the world. All I'm doing is trying to live what they've uh, been studying. And so what I'm also doing in that is I'm actually reaching out to them to say, hey, I've been reading what, you're, what you have been researching and writing about, and I'd love to pick your brain. So one of the coolest things that I'm understanding is the dichotomy between some of the molecules that I've been mentioning, the dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. And I'll explain all four, and then I'll, un- uh, I'll try to explain the dichotomy, which has been mind-blowing to me. Um, dopamine is what motivates you to take action towards your goals. So you also have to have goals in order to have motivation to achieve them. Mm. And it's also that pleasure um, neurotransmitter that reinforces uh, your happiness and your positivity when you achieve those goals. So it's good to set short-term, middle-term, and long-term goals. Mm, okay. the, se- the second molecule is serotonin, which uh, is created when you feel significant or important. And loneliness and depression are actually present when serotonin is absent.
0: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: And so I'll explain how all these tie together in just a second. But the third is oxytocin. This is released um, that helps you create intimacy and trust and strengthen relationships. So actually for you as a mother, um, during the uh, birthing process, a lot of oxytocin is actually released in your body, which gives you instant connection and love for your newborn. It takes about – takes about nine months for your husband to actually have that same bond mm. as you do to your kids because it just takes time with oxytocin there's yeah. not as much of a surge of it and it totally then the, makes the, sense. kind of crazy right yeah. like it's all it's actually all science that works in our bodies that create these emotions
0: i'm like taking notes right here while you're <laughs> going through these this is awesome okay keep going
1: and the fourth one is endorphins, which gives you that crazy second wind or euphoric runner's high that actually alleviates your anxiety. Okay. So all four of these, when muddled together, I'll explain to you the dichotomy here. This is what's really interesting to me is you have to struggle in order to feel happy because serotonin and oxytocin When you're leaving a a safe haven, so for example, when high school students go off to college, they're leaving home, which is really comfortable to them, but they're going to what feels like an opportunity. Dopamine's released and endorphins are released for that opportunity, yet oxytocin and serotonin start to feel a little bit neglected. So in the absence of some, actually creates the goals and euphoric feeling in others. Okay. So Uh in order to achieve your goals, you have to leave that place of safety. So you have to almost neglect oxytocin or serotonin for a minute. And how do you create dopamine and endorphins? Because they work together, yet they also have very different functions. That's why all four are what make us happy. Because as you achieve your goals, things are released and then you feel safe. And then you have new goals to be set.
0: So it's almost like the tension between them is what then creates the happiness and well at least helps them work together, uh, to unify eventually. Is that kind that's of right. okay. See, that's I right. I thought you were gonna say like you have to achieve all four at once in order to I'm like, how does that work? I mean that's so overwhelming, but the way you just described it, it's more the struggle and the tension between them that they help each other. That's that's crazy. That's right. Okay.
1: And so the the one other piece about this, and this is just my nerdiness on positivity running, is that's
0: why you're um,
1: here. That's why that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and doing this at this moment, right? Um, is there's a difference between positivity and happiness? Happiness is a state of being. You are happy, but you can be positive. You choose to be positive. So when you are positive, you can create happiness.
0: Okay, that is cool. So how does that work then?
1: So that's where you have to ultimately put yourself in that right mentality of going with the flow and understanding that you're in control, which should hopefully result in you being positive, that will then result in your happiness.
0: Okay, so this is how... It all uh, works together for you. Yes. <laughs> you know, this... Okay. Say, say a little more. I feel like I, I cut
1: you off there. No. So it's – and this is something that I'm still working on. So I'm... It's, it's not simple. But yes. I want it to be so simple. I want it to be so stupid simple. But I also think that there's comfort in it not being because mm-hmm. as you and I are speaking here today and we also think about the billions of people all around the world – some of the happiest people actually have the least. Mhm. Oh, yeah. Right.
0: Absolutely. So it's not
1: about it's not about the wants or the needs in some cases. It's about what are you doing right now that will make you happy?
0: Does this come down to like actual tangible actions people can take routinely to establish that positivity a part of their life um, it does. or is it more um well, I guess it's, the, it's both. It's actions and it's mental, right?
1: It, it is. And so um, there's good and bad things, right? So like in some cases, people are addicted to drugs or addicted to the wrong thing like gambling, um, which in its own context can be okay. But in some cases, it can be really bad. Mm-hmm. And dopamine is actually the reason for the addiction. So you can choose to be addicted to working out. You can choose to be addicted to um, reading books. You can choose to be addicted to gambling. And if you have one bad habit, you can actually replace it with a good habit. It takes about 45 days to cement into your mind and into your habitual state because it releases dopamine, which is that pleasure that you achieve when you, when you cross something off your list. So. I think to make a a long answer, hopefully a little bit shorter, um, by choosing your habits and staying with them, you are actually scientifically ingraining that into your body that should set you on a pace to achieve what you want to achieve.
0: So what does this look like for you, Greg? Like what are those habits that you have in place? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I have some habits that I have in place and then I have habits that I want to create. And I also have habits that I want to break. The habits that I'm trying to create are reading every single night. And so I want to read at least one book every single month. And I want to work out five times every single week. And I want to see my family every two weeks and I want to go see my nieces and nephew within inside that 2 week time frame as well. So the only way that I can actually achieve that is first by writing it down. So I have a whiteboard and I've written all of these down so I can very clearly articulate what they are to myself and I see them every single morning. The habits that I want to break are sometimes I move a little bit too quickly throughout the day and I don't slow down to appreciate the moment and that's really hard for me. So when I feel like that is happening at work I stand up from my desk I walk outside I slow down I take about five to ten minutes to myself come back to my desk and I feel like a whole new person Hmm. so I'm trying to the
0: opposite of what we're taught to do right like I feel like that's a huge part of why we're in so much trouble
1: and I think from my perspective and I don't know how other people feel about this is why I'm calling it the positive vibes only society because I think our normal day society has taught us to have fear and regret and to compare ourselves to other people, mm-hmm. which is really, really scary. It is. But we can rewire ourselves. We can rewire our brain to have the actions of positivity, which should result in happiness.
0: Okay. So what else are you trying to rewire? I like that you're sharing um, all of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, That's Maybe in a little bit more uh, personal. So I have an awesome girlfriend and there are times when, uh, and and she's a nurse and she is literally saving people's lives and helping people through some of their own toughest times. And um, there are those moments when inside of me, because I'm moving so fast in my own mind, I would way rather be working on my company. Mm -hmm. But what I know what's right is to spend time with her because I love spending time with her. And as soon as I get to do that, it slows everything back down to live in the moment because I'm thinking so short term about some things when if I can shift my paradigm to think a little bit more long term around PVOs, I just feel way more comfortable. I don't have, it's a self inflicted rush, but if I spend time with the people I care about, And they actually listen and help me understand the the ways that I can progress my own goals, which in this case, I'm sometimes thinking way too short-term on PBOs, but maybe too long-term in some cases. Um, They help me get through that. And by removing myself from the situation of racking my head around branding or racking my head around the message or racking my head around how to acquire more customers, when I'm out of that state of mind of not thinking about it it is actually when I'm most creative, believe it or not. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I should, Mm -hmm. I need to spend more time with the people I care about and more time doing the thing that I love to do because that will actually help me in my own endeavors.
0: It's so interesting. That paradox, you know, slowing down actually helps you be more productive and more happy in the long run. Um, I see that in what you're doing. Uh, Greg, if someone is interested in being part of this positive vibes only society, first where where should they go like where should they look online um and then what what do they look like what do these people look like
1: great question so uh to to answer your first question uh there's two places my website is pvos.co so pvos.co um they can check out the hex there and what i'm really trying to build up to is sharing people's stories very similarly i think to how uh, you've done it so That's well. Awesome. Is like it's all. I feel better when I hear other people's stories. That's why mm-hmm. I've listened to so many of your episodes because I relate to it. Oh, um, the the second place that people can find it, and what I'm trying to do is spread positive vibes on Instagram. Is my uh, Instagram account is pvos co. So same as the domain, and I just try to come up with quotes or the quotes that I see during the day that just i absolutely love and i try to put a cool image to uh match the emotion yeah I love um, your images; so
0: like, those are really i mean that's where i struggle is the image part so i i very much recognize i love it i love your account there too
1: oh uh, thank you and each post sometimes take me takes me an hour or two because mm-hmm. i'm like i can't find the right image for this quote yeah but uh i want to get it right because it's something i'm passionate about and i hope it resonates with other people
0: it definitely does. I, I love it. I definitely think people should follow you there. And so the other part to that question was, what What do people um, look like who are a part of this society? What are they doing in their lives?
1: Yeah. So um, my most generalist answer is everybody can be positive in their own ways. And my way of positivity is very different than yours. So anybody can be a part of this. But um, that's probably not the right way to approach my own business. So um <laughs> And what HubSpot does is marketing and sales. So after four years of being there, I am maniacal about branding, messaging, and communication. So in doing that, I actually have to understand my persona. So I have a few right now that I'm really trying to talk to. Um, The first one are the adventurers, the people that on weekends love to go hiking and be outside and hopefully do it with their friends uh, and encourage more friends to come with them. So the adventurer could be anywhere from an 18-year-old or a high schooler, you know, all the way up to somebody in their – really at any age. But I think the demographic that I think uh, this can help the most are the people that have roommates that need to get outside a little bit more. Um, So they're probably around 25 years old, have a significant other that – no relationship is perfect. And sometimes an understanding that it's not perfect actually gives you a lot of comfort. And for the people that want to get outside and experience more experiences. So the travelers out there that um, go to really cool places and take cool photos, hopefully they're sharing their vibes with the world and that's where the Hex can hopefully join them. Um, The second one are the CrossFitters. Uh, Working out and running releases those endorphins. So uh, that's actually why I believe CrossFit has become such a cult Mm -hmm. is because when you work out with people, Mm -hmm. you build a very special bond, which directly goes back to oxytocin as well. So the CrossFitters out there that care about their well-being, that want to be happy, that want to work out and release these molecules into their body, uh, that's the second demographic. And the third one is the yogis. Um, I find yoga for me to be one of the most therapeutic things I can do. It's where I connect my mind, body, and spirit for 60 to 75 minutes And uh, every time I go to do the namaste at the end, I actually bring the hex right up to my third eye with me and practice it because it's my pendant of being in the moment. So those are those those are the three people that I'm trying to communicate with very specifically.
0: Okay, that's good to know. And even though I'm like the mom sub (laughs) uh, group or persona, I think I can still put myself in one of those. And I think anybody can, you know. There's still some way people can fit into this. And um, yeah. like you said, it's the positivity in general, too.
1: That's right. And, and frankly, I think uh, every person has their own scope of happiness. Yeah. So for, for all of the listeners out there that are trying to be more positive and be more happy, uh, find something to do that you absolutely love mm. and just do it.
0: Love that, Greg. Okay. This has been such a fun interview. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better and what you're all about. And um, I I ask each guest this final question, and it's what have you learned about yourself the past few years? That kind of just sums up, you know, those life lessons, I guess.
1: Yeah. The one that comes top of mind for me right when you ask it is, uh, well, I guess there's two. One, ego is the enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, there were times when I thought I was the expert and also in thinking you're the expert I think you put other people outside of your comfort zone and um, it's better to approach a situation with open arms and asking for advice than going in thinking you know everything yeah so uh, tying that into what I'm really practicing now and there are some things that I've gotten very passionate about and uh pretty knowledgeable on but i am not the expert and i don't know what i don't know so um for me approaching the situations with that with an open mind and an open lens has given me a lot of comfort in asking for advice Uh, not that you need to take people's advice but usually getting other people's opinions and perspectives helps you shape your own so um i challenge people to challenge themselves to not be the expert and to um, understand that they don't know what they don't know.
0: Such a good lesson. And you said you had a second, right? Or was yeah. That...
1: And, and the up, uh, tying it into that as well is uh, don't take anything personally. That is also, I, I I think, in the dichotomy of having it be helpful and hurtful. I've experienced the hurt and don't taking anything personally. But then when repositioning myself towards it, I've realized that it's actually a, a good thing. Um, When you have no ego and you don't take anything personally, the feedback that people share with you, you don't uh, have snap judgment towards. So if you're going through a hard time with a significant other or at work, you are struggling in driving results, when people share with you how they feel, um, if you don't take it personally, it allows you to actually understand and digest what they shared with you. If you take it personally and say, that's not me, that's not right, I didn't mean to do that, and you get defensive. Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of getting defensive, taking it personally, um, the other the other area I've been really trying to work on myself that I would challenge other people to do as well is try not to take the situation personally and walk around it from a 360-degree view and say, is what they're sharing good advice and good feedback? Because in most cases, it is.
0: Well, Greg, that was incredible. I mean, those are both things I can see myself needing to work on. So I really appreciate that answer. It was so unique as well. It's been so fun, Greg, to speak with you more tonight. And I, I just hope that you keep flourishing in the society and that it keeps just getting better and better because there's so much goodness there. So thank you so much.
1: Hey, thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. I love what you're doing and sharing other people's stories in your own Uh, It's not easy, but it helps uh, individuals and the community at large to hopefully know that they're on the right path to their own version of success. Absolutely.
0: I had so much fun getting to know Greg better, especially with what he taught me about habits. And I have been thinking about that a lot in terms of what habits I would like to create in my life, more than just the ones I want to get rid of, but the ones I would like to create And one of mine has been a new morning routine has really, really helped me a lot. So Greg, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be on. And if you want to check out more of him, I've linked to all his social media accounts on my website. You can look on my, the show notes there aboutprogress.com and definitely give Greg a follow and definitely check out his necklace as well. I'm excited to get mine in the mail soon. Thank you, Greg. For those of you who've been leaving leaving reviews, an extra thank you. We're getting closer and closer to my goal of 80 reviews by mid-November. Almost there, guys. Help me squeak through if you can. It's really easy to do that now. It doesn't have to be long. Um, You can do it on your desktop, on iTunes, or on your phone, on your podcast app. Especially if you have an iPhone, it's much easier at this point if you have the new software upgrade. Next week, I am super thrilled to share an interview with Rachel Bagley of Cardigan Empire. If you follow her, you know she is not an ordinary fashion blogger. She has such a huge heart, is so real about the struggles she has faced in her life. So we go into a lot more depth of the things that she likes to bring up on her account. I think you are going to love getting to know Rachel better and learning from her how she has embraced balance in her life and how that looks different than what it had been in the past. So join me next Wednesday for that interview. And if you like this podcast, please take a screenshot and share it out. You guys have the power to make this podcast heard. You really do. So please share it. And I would be so grateful if you would. If you want to check out the show notes, you can do that aboutprogress.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook on the handle aboutprogress. And I so love to get to know you guys better there. So make sure you reach out to me, say hello, let me know how an episode impacted your life. Thank you again, you guys. I will see you next Wednesday. And until then, take care of yourself.